uh, Micah is reacting to something and it's no, I just okay. I just realized in one of my dynasty leagues that Matt Ryan's my QB one and Zach Wilson's my QB two, and they literally both have week six off because they're playing in London the week before. <laughs> well. Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 34th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals, Micah Burge. Go, dogs, fuck the Clemson Tigers. And Nathan McDonald. Hey, that's me. (laughs) And we are going to be doing sleepers bust and our top dogs in this episode so we're excited to get into that and this will be the last episode we do before the season officially starts um we're gonna our next episode will be recorded the day after the first game so football season is here we just got done watching this ohio state minnesota game and uh we're just happy that football is back on our screens um before we get into everything, there is a little bit of news to cover, so I'm going to pass it to Nathan and uh, let him cover uh, some of the major points, and uh, we will all react to that. We'll start with the bad. Uh, fantasy football is a brutal mistress, and it, it uh, took another young running back from us this last week. J.K. Dobbins went down uh, with the ACL injury. Also saw where he may have some uh, LCL damage on that knee as well, so – He's definitely going to be out all year. Um, that class has been hit hard with injuries. Uh, it's a shame him, Akers, and now an ETN in the newest class. So, um, you know, get get the good running backs while you can because, um, you know, they're, they're in shorter supply now than they were before. But uh, that's unfortunate. The Probably the biggest news as far as uh, preseason uh, cuts and everything goes is Cam Newton getting cut by the Patriots. Uh, not many people saw that coming. Uh, I'm a big Mac Jones guy, and I didn't see that coming. So uh, it's, you know, there's no debate anymore. It's going to be Mac Jones, uh, you know, being the starter from week one. We're going to get the Alabama Bowl bowl week one with uh, Tua. And then uh, week two, I believe he's going against Zach Wilson, week two or three. So, yeah, it's going to be really exciting uh, first few games for them. Some young quarterbacks going at it. But that's big news. Cam Newton not currently signed anywhere else as of now. Uh, a few other guys that were kind of surprising for me, um, uh, probably the top would be Des Fitzpatrick uh, from the Titans, uh, fourth round pick uh, getting cut. He clearly wasn't uh, what the team wanted. It's rare that they cut a fourth rounder this early, um, but uh, that was a bit surprising. Daz Newsom, also a rookie, getting cut by the Bears. Um, you know, not a super talented receiving core over there, so that was a bit surprising. And uh, Travis Fulgham for the Eagles. Uh, they, it's another room that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of depth in that receiver room. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a little thin there now. But, um, you know, they just need to make room for getting Kenny Gainwell touches. So, yeah, uh, but that, that's about all I had. Do you all have anything to add on preseason uh, games or cut downs or injuries? Micah. Yeah, no, um, what y'all think about Jamar Chase? Because I'm meaning to ask y'all, I don't know if he just has the yips, but it's kind of crazy that a dude goes number, what, five overall, and mm-hmm. he's just dropping passes that are just so easy. 
And I wanted yeah. to know what y'all's take on that was. I think I saw the stat where he dropped like four out of his five targets mm-hmm. um, during the preseason. So, and he's been struggling in camp with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not the way you would want to start. He's still an incredibly talented player. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like destroy his dynasty value or anything based on that. Um, but he may have a bit slower start in redraft this year. And uh, also I've been, pretty vocal about my support for T Higgins. And I think this only furthers his uh, status as the wide receiver one that, especially for this year. Um, what do you think, Josiah? I think it's all a fugazi. I think what's actually happening here is he's such a deadly weapon that they have to disguise him during the priest. No, I'm just kidding. Now he's clearly having an issue. Um, I don't think it's a serious one. I don't think it's anything to be worried about, but I will say, uh, that yeah, I think T. Higgins and maybe even Tyler Boyd uh, may be uh, better for redraft purposes this year. Um, so I do agree with that point you made. Um, one last thing I think we should uh, cover before we move on to our uh, main sections here is uh, Gus Edwards um, mm-hmm. with, with uh, J.K. Dobbins going down. Uh, where do you guys kind of see him? Uh, I mean, you know, there's people that – I've heard make the argument that uh, because he's not splitting the time with somebody, you know, JK was splitting time with Gus and Gus doesn't have anybody that good to share with that, uh, you know, people are ranking him just where exactly where JK is. There's people that aren't quite ranking him that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I feel about that? I'll start with you, Micah. Uh, I got him like right after like Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson goes off the board. I think that's when you go after Gus Edwards. I wouldn't take him over um, those guys. Obviously, I take him over like Clyde Edwards Lair and um, other players I just don't like. But realistically, I think around the fifth round is kind of where I'm thinking he should go. Hmm. So I know you're the lowest on Mike Davis, Micah. Would you take Mike Davis or Gus Edwards? Gus Edwards. Okay. That's a run first offense and he's going to get so many touches now that JK's out. So it's just by the point that I think he'll get more touches than Mike Davis will. I I haven't redone my rankings after the Dobbins injury. So I I can't say exactly who he falls uh, before or after, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's a clear cut RB two for me. Uh, I think I'd still take Mike Davis over him just because he, you know, like he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, touches getting filtered from him by Matt Ryan, especially at the goal line. Whereas Lamar Jackson um, definitely is going to do that a little bit with Gus Edwards. So, um, you know, their rushing attack as a whole will be better, but I also like what Arthur Smith can do in the run game. And uh, I think Mike Davis has a more clear cut role as like he's going to get a lot of touches, but Gus Edwards is, is definitely a, a good RB two uh, in my mind going forward this year. And uh, also, you know, there was a lot of speculation that they were going to add, you know, sign Todd Gurley or bring someone else in. And so far, it uh, it seems like they're going to roll with what they have. So I, I think Gus is in for a large workload this year. No, I Mr. Tyson Williams. <laughs> that is the man, the myth, the legend. Is that overtaking Jake Funk as your uh, your fun running back with the interesting name? Uh, just wait till Jake Funk's the leading rusher on the Rams. That's a discussion for a different day. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that when we're dead. Talk about it in the next section. And we're going to start with our sleepers. Each of us have three to four guys we've picked um, 
and uh, that, that we feel, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can define sleeper for me. I was uh, trying to pick them after the 10th round in redraft, uh, but maybe you guys, uh, you know, just an extreme value uh, people that obviously uh, everyone else uh, is not seeing the, the true upside for, or um, the potential of. So uh, we are going to start with that and uh, we're going to start um, with Mr. Nathan. Ooh, Mr. Nathan, very official. Um, I, I don't know if he – I think he is going 10th uh, round or later right now, but uh, I'd have to double-check. But um, for receiver, I've got Antonio Brown. Um, this guy is, you know, someone that a lot of people have faded just because he's, you know, kind of a wackadoodle, whatever you want to call it, crazy man. But, uh, you know, he – for some reason, Tom Brady loves this man. He recruited him after the whole Raiders fiasco uh, over to New England, and he recruited him again down to the Bucks. And now that he's had a full offseason with that team, he, uh, you know, Bruce Arians is saying he looks four or five years younger like he used to be, so or used to play at that level. So, yeah, I think it, uh, I think Antonio Brown is going to provide some good value for where he's being drafted this year. Um, he, I think I saw a stat where when he, Evans, and Godwin were all healthy and playing together, he actually had a higher target share than Chris Godwin did. So, Brady loves targeting this man in his one Patriots debut. Uh, he, he, Brady targeted him right off the bat, like I think six or seven times. So, uh, like I said, he's had a full off season to uh, accommodate himself to that system. I think he's had time for his feet to finally thaw out. And, uh, I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be a good value this year. I think the reason why Brady loves him is because Brady spent like years playing with a bunch of wide receivers that were completely garbage. So, so he just doesn't care at this point. He just wants a guy that, uh, you know, teams aren't willing to touch unless he tells them to touch him. Wow, that came out weird. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think uh, he's a guy that can't, no matter what team Tom Brady goes to, uh, Antonio Brock could probably follow him. So, yeah, I think that's a great pick. And uh, he is he is going uh, in, the, in, in the 10th to 12th rounds. Uh, so I definitely define him as a sleeper candidate. So, um, and we forget, this is like – one of the best wide receivers ever, like certainly of this generation. Uh, so talent's not an issue here. If he has his head on straight, Brady's normally pretty good at making teammates, uh, you know, focus on football and nothing else. So uh, just given how far he's fallen, I think he's a good value. Most definitely. All right. So started out with that. Let's uh, move. You know, I'll go next here. And um, I'm going to start out with uh, – well, you know what? You did receiver first, so I guess I will too. Um, but uh, my uh, my sleeper here is somebody who is probably rising up draft boards a little bit here, and I felt like it was a little bit of a cheat. But as of uh, my last draft, he still did fall outside of the 10th, and that was Michael Pittman Jr. And, um you know, there is recent news that T.Y. Hilton um, is going to miss at least the first part of the season. Uh, honestly, I wasn't that worried about T.Y. Hilton before then and where he was going. I was still happy to draft him. But now it just even op- opens up the pathway even more clearly that, uh, you know, he's going to it's going to be him. 
Uh, it's going to be, uh, there's a guy named Michael Strong that uh, our good friend uh, Nathan uh, called out uh, at the beginning of this uh, season in our uh, rookie coverage. And uh, they have Paris Campbell, who admittedly has a lot of talent, however, cannot stay healthy. So I do think that Michael Pittman is going to be the wide receiver one. And honestly, I think he has the talent to do so. He doesn't have elite top end speed, but he's a big body. He's very athletic and he's a great route runner. And, uh, you know, I do think Carson Wentz is going to be serviceable. I don't think he's going to be anything to, you know, ride home about. But if he's your quarterback too, you know, there could be worse situations. And uh, I think there's going to be games where they're going to have to, um, you know, come back um, down, even though they do have uh, uh, pretty good defense. I'd say, you know, close to mediocre, maybe a little above, actually. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think Michael Pittman is uh, definitely a second-year breakout receiver, and uh, people are really sleeping on him. And admittedly, he might go up a round or two in ADP, but even still, if you're getting him in the ninth round, I'm still completely happy to pull the trigger on Michael Pittman Jr. if I need a wide receiver. Well, there are second-year breakouts, and then there are third-year breakouts, Josiah. And my sleepers, I'm going to add on to the wide receiver discussion. And it's Hollywood Brown. Um, I ranked him as our my wide receiver 24, the last guy to be a wide receiver two. And you're getting him well past the 10th round. JK's hurt now. They're going to throw the ball just a little bit more, I think. I don't know if it's going to be a substantial amount, but I do think that offense that I already thought, thought was going to pass the ball more now is definitely going to Bateman and Miles Boykin on the IR. Sammy Watkins will be a dud after like four weeks. And Hollywood did so well at the end of last season that I think him and Lamar are going to continue it on because there's a lot of new receivers and him and Mark Andrews are like his two most well-known ones. So he's going to get over the top of defenses more. He's going to have a fantastic season and everyone's going to get a steal that gets um, Hollywood here at the end of drafts. All right. Um, What's your reaction to Pittman and Hollywood? Yeah, um, Pittman, I think, is a, is a great selection, especially with the T.Y. injury. Uh, he's probably going to rise up a little bit on draft boards because of that, but I still think that's a great selection. Uh, for deep sleepers, I would also mention my guy, Mike Strawn. He's, um, you know, you can probably wait a little bit on him in redraft leagues just because they're mm-hmm. not as deep. But I think as the season goes on, he's, he's a more raw prospect, but you can't teach his size and speed. So he could become a big time red zone threat for them. So, um, so I would just uh, keep an eye on him. You might not uh, have room to draft him on your team though. Um, Michael Pittman, like I said, great selection. Uh, Micah, we've had this debate a million times now. Um, you, you know how I feel about Hollywood Brown. I know. Um, so I, I, I didn't, put him on my list this time but uh you know another wide receiver sleeper i had was sammy watkins just for the first five games or so he's he's gold <laughs> for that so um so yeah I, I would rather choose like him or rashad bateman over hollywood brown but i do agree that they're they're might gonna have to rely a little bit on more on lamar's arm this year so uh you you, you may be uh you may be the smartest guy in the room on this one we'll have to see wait and see what i'll say about hollywood is this I'm not big on Hollywood, but he's still going way too late. He really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he did catch fire at the end of the last season. Um, if I, you know, I, I did draft uh, Lamar uh, in in a league recently, and he was someone I was trying to target. I waited a little bit too long, but 
um, and ended up not getting him. But I would have been happy to get him as a stack there. It's I I, I think there is a there is a world and where he is the wide receiver one for the Ravens this year, um, and you know he just really has to. Uh, show a little bit more than he has in the past. And again, he had a terrible start to last season, but he did turn it around. I think he caught a touchdown in his last four games or five games of the regular season. So, uh, you know, we, we, we can't discount that. And um, he has let people down before, but Mike, I, I, I do think for where he's going right now, he's probably has to return value at least, uh, you know, going in the 12th round right now. So, um, you know, I don't think that's a bad pick, even though I'm not as high on Marquise Brown as you are. Um, the last wide receiver I was going to throw in that I didn't mention because I thought you were going to mention him, Micah, is, uh, is Darnell Mooney. Um, I, you know, he's going very, very late and I'm grabbing him everywhere. He's probably, he's more owned certainly than Pittman for me, but, uh, he's one of my most owned receivers so far in redraft. And, uh, I really do think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, obviously Alan Robinson is there, but, um, and he, last year he really did, uh, he was open so many times. He was the second, he had the second most uh, off target passes in the NFL uh, or uncatchable passes uh, thrown, thrown, uh, thrown that there were targets of his. So uh, it's, you know, I think that's going to improve whether you have Dalton or fields on the field, it's got to be better than Trubisky. So uh, that, that, that was my last guy there. Um, I'll let y'all comment on that quickly. And then we will move on to Nathan's second guy. Look, I'm just continue on with Nathan if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can uh, go into, let's see, we'll, we'll just say quarterbacks. Uh, we'll go into quarterbacks. Sleeper is kind of a relative term for quarterbacks. Um, you know, there, there are only 32 starters in the league at any given moment. But uh, I, I was going to use Mac Jones as my guy, but since the Cam Newton release, he's kind of risen up draft boards quite a bit. And uh, looking at ADP, he's actually quite a few spots higher uh, he's listed as QB 22 um, and Zach Wilson is listed at QB 27. So I'm going to have to talk about Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, I've talked about him before, but this guy has it all. He's looked fantastic in preseason. He's the only guy, you know, only one of those rookie quarterbacks. who I think is, you know, kind of matched Mac Jones as far as how good they've looked in preseason and how polished they are as passers. So I love what I've seen from him. I love this tape from college. I think Robert Sala is building a much better offense with the Jets. Uh, the Gase effect is real. So I, I, they put a lot of healthy pieces around him, too, on the offensive line. He's going to have a solid running game to rely on. So I, I think Zach Wilson, for going QB 27, provides some excellent value for you. And you know he's starting right away. You know, you know unless there's an injury, he's going to start the entire year. So uh, I, I think he's going to easily finish as a QB 2 this year. And uh, he's, he's going as kind of a mid uh, QB three right now. So I would snag up Zach Wilson at that value for sure. We're going to have to revisit what I'm about to say after the season ends. Mm. Zach Wilson is going to finish number two and rookie um, of the year voting. He's going to fall because Kyle Pitts is going to win it, but Zach Wilson is going to be the best rookie quarterback this season. So I love it, Nathan. Uh, I think in Superflex, 100%, like, I would target him late if you get, like, a stud first. Or if you're able to get two good run quarterbacks and get him as your third quarterback, you're mm -hmm. set for the entire season. And as soon as he starts performing, you can trade one of the other guys or, or trade him. But, mm -hmm. uh, 
And he has like a week six bye, so it's pretty early on too. No, I definitely agree that, uh, you know, I'm the lowest guy on the podcast as far as Zach Wilson goes, at least in our, in our rookie evaluations. But that being said, I'm still very high on him compared to consensus here. I definitely, I have him at my quarterback 23. So that is, uh, you know, four spots higher, but at the same time, I can definitely, I see him as a quarterback with a lot of upside that can outperform that. I do think he's going to have some growing pains. However, uh, that would be my only major pushback uh, is that you might not be able to depend on him at the beginning of the season, as far as being a major fantasy scorer. But, um, you know, at the same time, as far as having him as your quarterback two or three or draft him at quarterback 27, that's, you, I couldn't imagine having a better quarterback three, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great call there, certainly. Um, I will go into mine here, and uh, I will give you a name that I've drafted a lot, uh, despite, uh, you know, I mean, I have him ranked as my quarterback 20, so not, not too far down, but I have Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr, man, is going after some names that I could not believe. Uh, I mean, he. Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. Trey Lance, I can understand that. That was some of the less egregious ones, but, but no, I mean, he's one of the last startable. Cor- I mean, Jared Goff went before, uh, went went before Derek Carr, and I just in a draft I just got done with, and I just can't can't believe that. Uh, Derek Carr has, I think he finished as the quarterback 13 or 14 last year. Uh, he has a lot of weapons around him. Look, I know John Gruden is not a likable just figure or energy, at, but at the same time, you know, the, 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 he he is an offensive mind that, 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 that has made Derek Carr a better quarterback. And last year was Derek Carr's best year statistically. So I don't see any reason why that's going to change. I do think Derek Carr is as dependable as a uh, quarterback, too, as you can have. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that, uh, you know, I'm not sure, uh, Nathan, if you can uh, look up his ADP for me, if you have it there, uh, I'd be interested to see, but if it's probably close to around where Zach Wilson is. Yep. He's, uh, he's at QB 24 Wilson is at QB 27. Uh, I will say that that draft you're in is a bit of an outlier because, uh, Jared Goff's ADP is at QB 32. So uh, if we're doing sleepers, you might need to get added to the list. Yeah, what well, do you think I'm going to talk about? Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and pass it over to Mr. Micah here and let him give us his quarterback seat. Yeah, no, it's, it's Jared Goff. Like, I, I have him, like, way higher than most people understand that. But, like, this Lions team, people have to have touches. Like, an offense is going to go. The defense is bad. There's just garbage time. That's why you should get one of, like, Amon Ross St. Brown or um, Tyrell Williams, um, somebody in that – or Quintus Cephas even. Like, a receiver mm-hmm. in that offense is going to be fantasy viable all year. Mm-hmm. And I think Goff's going to conduct that. I think he's going to be able to have multiple, even though I think T.J. Hoggins and Swift's getting a lot of the touches. But that's just going to help Goff. I think he's going to have a tremendous season. I don't think the lines are going to be as bad as um, people think. I have a lot of people saying that he's going to be like – they're going to be like two or three wins. I think they're at least going to get to about five, mm-hmm. um, possibly even six. So I think golf's going to really revitalize his career in Detroit and have a great season and then actually build something going forward up there for once. So Jared Goff is my sleeper in redraft, and he will not be a sleeper next year because he will be going much higher in drafts. You can book it. 
All right. So our quarterback there, we gave you Derek Carr, Jared Goff, and Zach Wilson. And uh, so we'll move on to our running back sleepers here. Uh, Real quick, I want to say, Mike, I like that because, like, you know, this probably needs to be – we'll update over time. But right now he's going after, like, Cam Newton and Taysom Hill, which is just mm-hmm. absolutely egregious. So, yeah, he, he's fallen too far. Yeah, uh, nope. I'm sure that's not going to be in the case in live drafts right at this moment. But mm-hmm. – probably quarterback 30 29 yeah still still probably later like I said I I was in a draft where yeah uh, you know he went uh, he went right before I took Derek Carr but uh yeah it's uh you know people people do be out here sleeping on these quarterbacks but uh moving on oh moving on to our running backs uh and we will let uh Micah start out and give us his sleeper running back oh no okay Nathan no, no, you go ahead, Micah. All right. Um, Ladies so, <laughs> so, this is a man and not a lady I'm about to talk about. Um, but he was going at the turn in a lot of drafts last year, and now he's plummeted to way later on. And it's Kenyon Drake. Uh, there's going to be so many people who feel spurned on him. And he was, dude, there was a reason he was getting drafted that high last year. Like, he's got incredible talent. He showcased it since he was at Alabama, and he just was under Adam Gase, and everyone thought that he was going to explode on the Cardinals. Turns out that maybe Cliff Kingsbury is closer to Adam Gase than we thought, and John Gruden brings him in, and like you said about Derek Carr, um, and Gruden being, like, an offensive, like, not genius, but he has, like, built very good offenses. And I wouldn't be shocked if Derek Carr finishes as a QB1 this season. So I really like your Derek Carr take from earlier, but Kenyon Drake's going to get a lot of passes because there's not many receivers. Like Hunter Renfro is your wide receiver three, and Brian Edwards is your wide receiver two. So even though they do have Darren Waller, so he's probably more the wide receiver one in that offense. But nonetheless, someone else is going to get touches. It's going to be Kenyon Drake, and he is one Josh Jacobs injury away from just being a league winner down the stretch so I still like him regardless of if um Josh Jacobs plays because what's going to happen is people are going to see how the Raiders use Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs and all you're going to hear in the offseason how Travis Etienne and James Robinson is going to be the next thing after that and they're going to do the same exact thing and then everyone's going to want to buy on Etienne again so I think Kenyon Drake's poised for a huge season and he is my sleeper running back I like it I like it. I do like that. Yeah, he's. It's it's kind of hard for me to decide exactly where to take him. Uh, did you have an idea of where you're comfortable taking? Okay. The last redraft I did, I drafted Kenyon Drake, and I took him at eleven three. That's wow. a twelve yep. man. Yep, it was a twelve man league as well. So. That's, yeah. Wow. So he could go undrafted in a ten. Wow. That's that's crazy. Uh, well, maybe not quite. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. close to it. So yeah, that's 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 pretty pretty surprising. So yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think that's a great call, uh, Nate. What's what's your sleeper running back? I am going to sound like a broken record. Uh, and this you could also include him in my my guys segment, but it's just reality. Kenny Gainwell is going so low; it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. He is yep. currently going behind uh, Chuba Hubbard. Rashad Penny, Mark Ingram. I mean, like, this is ridiculous. He, like, they just cut Travis Fulgham, which doesn't affect him too, too much, but he's going to be split out. He's going to be catching passes, used on third downs. 
Like, I think he's at least going to be an RB3 this year, maybe knocking on RB2 territory. But, yeah, I mean, he is getting drafted as RB61 right now, which is just absolutely incredible. I saw him available in, like, the 14th round in a draft I did. So, um, yeah, it's it's indefensible. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, you can get him at an absolute steal in redraft league. So, uh, you know, you might need to give him a couple weeks to get, you know, his sea legs under him. But uh, yeah, that's just an incredible value. I, I can't believe he's uh, going as RB61. That's ridiculous. Well, in the draft I had where I took Kenyon Drake in the 13th, I took Kenyon Gain or in the 11th, I took Kenyon Gainwell two rounds later in the 13th, and his ADP was still way on. Yeah. I went ahead and took him because I'm like, at this point, like he shouldn't be on the, but he's the best running back left than he had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do think that's a good call by you, too. He's definitely going to have some PPR value. Now, if you are a loser and you play in non-PPR leagues, Get out. I'm rolling your eyes at this one. I don't I don't think he's not going to get any carries. Well, that was a bad sentence. I, I think he's going to get some carries, but I don't think it's going to be enough to really sustain him. I really think it's going to be that PPR value that elevates him. But if you're in a full PPR league, definitely he's, he's a guy you should definitely have uh, as a late stash on your bench. So uh, that's a good pick. And I will close out our sleeper section here and give you a name that has recently gone up. It's still, however, in the last two drafts, even after he's been traded, uh, still outside of the 10th round, and that is Mr. Sony Michelle. Now, look, guys, I know you're thinking this is the fantasy football dogs. They all went to UGA. They love Sony. But I'm not kidding. Sony is going to stumble into for at least uh, more than one game this year. He's going to be the number one running back for the Rams because Daryl Henderson's not going to stay healthy for 17 games. It's not going to happen. So Sony Michelle is going to be the starting running back on uh, on the Los Angeles Rams for several games, and even the games that he's not. I'm quite convinced that he's going to have a split that's going to be significant with Daryl Henderson. And he might even uh, be the goal line back. And, you know, a lot of people have this idea that he's just this ground and pound guy because that's how new England used him. But as people that watched him in college, let me tell you, he can catch the ball and he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. James White had that role locked down and has had that role locked down in new England for a long, long time. But Sonny Michelle has that skill set, and Daryl Henderson has not shown that skill set. So I do think that, that, that Sonny Michelle is going to be catching passes for Matt Ryan. And, uh, you know, I think that – Stafford. Uh, uh, Matt Ryan. Damn it, Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, probably even better. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I think that, um, yeah, he's, he's being slept on. Uh, he definitely qualifies a sleeper for me. And, uh, you know, people are drafting Daryl Henderson in the fourth round, which I'm not that mad about. But Sony Michelle going in the 11th uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's going to be a split, and I don't trust Daryl Henderson to stay healthy. Now, you can argue that why are you trusting Sony Michelle to stay healthy? And I would say to you, you got me. But <laughs> I'm arguing myself at that point, so – it's not good podcasting. So, uh, Sony Michelle, my sleeper running back. What do you guys think? If you have someone in your life that hates you the way Sean McVay hates Daryl Henderson, 
then get them out because they drafted Cam Akers in the second after taking him in, what, the third the year before. And then after they lose Akers, they trade what few draft picks they have for Sony Michelle. And they drafted um, Jake Funk as well, who after both Sony and Daryl Henderson break down, he will shine into the spotlight. But I don't think Daryl Henderson's going to be the lead back. I definitely would think Sony's the best um, bat to have in that backfield. Yeah, that's a big no for me. I'm sorry. Uh, I love Sonny Michelle and all, but Daryl Henderson's a better running back than he is, at least at this stage in their careers. So they didn't really give up a ton of draft capital for Sony. Uh, they uh, they were like razor thin at running back, and Daryl Henderson, while being better, is like Josiah said, he is injury prone. So I think, yeah, he's Sony's definitely going to get some starts throughout the year because of that. But when Daryl Henderson is there, I think he is going to be the lead back there and, uh, you know, have a little uh, comfortable margin as far as touches goes. Sony's definitely going to be involved. But, um, yeah, I, if I have Henderson, I would like to handcuff him with Sony with a very late round pick. If I don't, uh, he, he might be available on waivers and you just have to be active. And if you see that Henderson's going to be hurt. Um, you know, pull the trigger and get Sony on there in your team pretty quick. But, yeah, I think I, I didn't hear that. What was that? Yeah, Sony's not going to be on waivers. He's, uh, he's take, not, not in our league. We'll see, yeah, maybe not in the draft you or Mike are in, but uh, <laughs> I can definitely see it happening, especially if he, the first few games, doesn't see a ton of work. I can definitely see him ending up on waivers on, you know, 14-round draft uh, leagues. So, so yeah, uh, like I said, if I was – if I had Henderson, I'd like to handcuff him, but I don't think he's going to be the lead back by any means. Well, I think you're done. Right. We'll see. Moving on to the next uh, section here. And uh, we went from positive to negative. Uh, you know, I don't really like to trash these guys, but we got to do it. It is the bus section. And these are guys that – it's not that we think they're bad players necessarily, but we do not like them at their draft price, and we are staying away from them based on that. And, uh, I mean, you guys basically you, – you guys know what a bust is if you're listening to the pod. So uh, – Harold Henderson yeah. that we just spoke about is a bust, for example. Is that going to be – is that your running back bust? No, but just for an example. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, at any position here at wide receiver, quarterback, or or running back? Go ahead and give us uh, one of your busts, Micah. All right. Well, I say that we switch it up and talk about a quarterback real quick and someone who's definitely I don't think that's gonna quite meet any expectation at all whatsoever, and they're still going high. And um, honestly, it's Tua. Like, I'm honestly, like, kind of worried about Deshaun Watson getting traded in Miami if Tua doesn't show out. Like, I think, honestly, that's going to be what's going to happen. Either quarterback's going to get hurt or someone's not going to play well, and then that's when Deshaun's going to get traded for. And I just – all the rumors that we've heard so far about Miami and me not being in love with Tua's game, uh, just all signs are pointing towards that situation is not going to work out. And I just think that he's going way too early in drafts. And I just uh, – I, I was already worried about him anyways, but now this uncertainty that's been coming around, even though I know it is all just speculation and rumors, it makes me way more uneasy. And I just don't see Tua probably playing past midseason. So I would, I would avoid someone that I don't think is going to play the second half of the year. 
or just well, play poorly. He's still going to play if they get traded. He's just going to play for the Texans. Yeah, he'll get played. He'll play for a different team. I, I, I uh, look, know. I, I know the, he burned you. I've heard, you. I've I heard he the Texans. You. No, I've heard the Texans don't want to back in the trade. Like that's kind of been their stalemate too. At is that Miami's trying to also put Tua in, and the Texans don't want them, which is making things. Then there will be a three-team trade where Tua goes somewhere. Like he's not going to be on the bench. Like, but what I'm saying, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, then it's because Tua has been playing poorly and his draft stock's going to tank, and they're going to keep Tua in case like Deshaun gets like suspended next year. So I just I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty with Tua, and I don't like it. So Tua is going to be my bus for the season. Fair enough. I definitely disagree with this one. We didn't do a breakout section, but if we did, I think Tua could have been a strong candidate for that. So, you know, I feel quite the opposite. But Micah has voiced his disgust and displeasure with Tua several times on this podcast. So you guys are ready for that. But uh, we will move on and get Nathan's uh, uh, go ahead and yeah, we'll stick with the quarterbacks here and you can give us a bust and you can respond to Tua if you'd like as well. I know you're a little bit less high on Tua than me, I think, if I remember correctly, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Tua is, you know, I don't think Tua is going to be a bust this year necessarily. He's not going super high in drafts. Um, so I, I think he's, uh, let me check. He's, uh, yeah, he's quarterback 21. So if you're getting him as a low end QB two, I, I think he's going to pay that off for you. So, um, no complaint on me there. You know, the, the obvious one coming from me would be like, I mean, Trey Lance is ranked above Tua and he's not guaranteed a starting job by any means. So, especially at the start of the year. So, I I would definitely be taking two over him. I would probably have Trey Lance in that conversation of bust, at least, you know, especially for this year. I, you know, I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback uh, in dynasty purposes either, but I think he's going too high. Um, I have a little bit of concern with Joe Burrow this year. I'm not, you know, I'm not calling him a full-on bust, but he's getting taken – really high and I think some people are confusing a little bit like dynasty value and redraft value like he you know he's coming off an ACL Terry he's been a bit timid as far as when contact gets near him uh you know they did very little like little to protect him it's you know looking more and more like they maybe should have taken a left tackle um instead of you know getting him another receiver option which they weren't lacking in to begin with but uh yeah I think I think Burrow's going a little bit too high for me in drafts. I think there's some better value to be had there. So nothing, nothing egregious as far as bust goes, but those would be guys I think are going too high. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely disagree with the Trey Lance thing. I mean, as we've discussed, I think honestly, if you can grab Trey Lance as your quarterback three and you have two, two dependable uh, quarterback uh, uh, quarterback one and two, or even if you grab Trey Lance as your second quarterback and can get someone like Derek Carr that's going way too late, um, you know, then then I think he's a tremendous, uh, you know, upside, um, you know, lottery ticket that you could have uh, when he does, when he does, because uh, he's going to be, here's the thing, he's going to be playing week one, whether, whether, you know, he hasn't announced a starter, but He's going to, you know, we don't know how much he's going to be on the field, but he's going to be playing week one. He's going to be scoring fantasy points week one. And, you know, I think my, the, the wording that I used is all five rookie quarterbacks will play in week one. 
No, you said start. You said what? start. You said, said start. Said and start. also, start. Justin Justin Fields isn't starting, so. But but he might be by halftime, so. It's not starting <laughs> the game. Yeah. And no, he won't be. They're... I'm amending it slightly. Amending my vote. <laughs> earlier episode to all five rookie quarterbacks will play in week one and i still, still not gonna happen <laughs> well, trevor lawrence's job is safe now yeah yeah, it was yeah. Safe before but yes yeah. <laughs> oh, well, how do we not cover the garden trip? anyways it's irrelevant uh, that's why that's <laughs> nice i will give you my quarterback bus and this is a guy that is rising in adp rapidly um he the news came out about a week ago definitely going to be the starting quarterback and people weren't sure what to do before then but for me it's Jameis Winston um he uh, what's what's his ADP right now Nate QB 23 23 okay yeah so and I promise you it's going to be higher than that in actual drafts at the moment uh because he was or in the 30s I'm sure uh, when people didn't know whether it was going to be him or Taysom so uh yeah I for me I don't I he doesn't have any options to throw to until until Michael Thomas comes back if Michael Kamara yes he has Alvin Kamara I understand but he's never been a check down quarterback he's been a downfield quarterback not saying he's not going to throw it to Alvin Kamara but he's not going to only do that um Mm -hmm. I really think that he I mean, you know, he got this LASIK and it's supposed to help him not throw interceptions anymore. But he, the, the Saints are going to have to score points because uh, they're going to be in a division where they score points. And also the defense is very dilapidated. They still do have a couple of stars, admittedly. But uh, it's nothing like it's been in the past couple of years when they've been Super Bowl contenders. So uh, I, I, I think he's going to have to be, you know, Jameis. And here's the thing. The whole time, if he has two bad games in a row, you're going to be scared out of your pants if you drafted him that Sean Payton is going to put his lover, Taysom Hill, in and ruin your chances. So, uh, you know, I really think that's going to be looming over the season. And, you know, Taysom Hill still might even come in in the red zone and still still touchdowns from him. So I don't – I just – he's not somebody I really want to draft or want to have to depend on. If you have him in Dynasty as a quarterback, that's fine. But for redraft purposes, I am out on Jameis Winston. Uh, I just – there's too much uncertainty. Uh, and he has shown in the past that, uh, uh, you know, if he turns the ball over like he was or even anything close to that, Sean Payton is going to sit him uh, for the safer option in Taysom Hill. I disagree. I do as well, but <laughs> not much more else to say. I mean, especially he's going as a QB 23 overall. Like I, I don't know how much lower you want him to go. Well, also too, it's kind of hard for me with bus because like the top like 15 or so quarterbacks, like I don't really think any of them are like, I mean, obviously somebody's going to bust, but I still like, there's a reason why they're a top, like you right. know, 20 quarterback. Like you feel more sure about them, but then there's people like two and Jameis that could sneak into the top 20 that shouldn't. Right. No. Yeah. Then that's my thing is, again, you're saying quarterback 23 right now. I just did a draft. Admittedly, it was an auction draft, but he went higher. He went at a price higher than Matt Ryan. So the last the last year he was a starter, I I wouldn't definitely wouldn't take him above Matt Ryan. But the last year that he was a starter, he was QB four overall at the end of the year. So, well, and now I, he's in a Sean Payton offense. So, that's Callaway and Traquan Smith. Woo-hoo. 
it it I, he he's gonna have to throw the ball anyway. And Marquez Callaway's look good, and they will get Michael Thomas back at some point this year, probably week seven, I think it is. Um, yeah, they don't sleep on Jawan Johnson. I think dropped him. So, uh, yeah, that that's so so uh, that's that's my quarterback sleeper. But we will move on. That's your bust. I'm sorry. Yes, bust. But yeah, he's going to sleep on your bench, but he will be a bust. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll let uh, Nathan. Uh, you can do whatever. Give us with whatever you're you're wanting to give us. Hit us with it. What kind of segue is that? Sorry, but we're still doing this. But we're What's that? that was scary, Nathan. Are we good? Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, there's a bad echo. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It was okay. bad. It'll give him the chance to redo his segue. We're still in bus. No, I'm keeping that. Give me a bus. I was saying, just give me any position you want. Any position? It's it's but we're doing busts. What? I'm aware of that. Not, yes, we just did quarterbacks. Like what? Yes, what we're we're doing running backs next. Correct. It does whatever you want. You're you you're doing the next one. That's what I was trying to communicate. You could do a wide receiver. You could do a running back. Whatever you want to do. That's what I was trying to tell you. All right, you didn't communicate that in the best of manners, but okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's, that's fine. all my fault, I guess. That's fine. All right, moving on. We're going to let Nathan give us his next bust here, and you can pick whatever position you want. Um, go ahead, bud. Yeah, we can go with receivers next. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. I've talked about my displeasure with this guy before. He's got very banged up last year, hardly played. He got banged up again in preseason. He's been injured. And now he's walking into a situation with way more competition at receiver. You got Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram is more of a receiver than tied in, honestly. And uh, as the season goes on, Kadarius Tony is going to demand more and more touches as a first round selection. So i I don't like uh, I don't like having Kenny Galladay. I'm going to avoid him and pr- probably most drafts, especially given his ADP. I mean, he's currently being taken over Lavisca Chenault, the Devonte Smith, and Corey Davis. And I would rather have all three of those guys ahead of him. So, um, especially at their value. So give me, uh, you know, give me those guys and I'm going to stay away from Kenny Galladay. He, he's going to be my bust. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this one. Cause I do agree. I've drafted Kenny Galladay in a couple places just cause he has fallen so deep. I think a lot of people are worried Good. about the injury. Um, I think he's a very high variance player, but he has tremendous upside. And if he falls to the right spot, I'm willing to shoot the shot. But, you know, originally I think his ADP was in the fifth, sixth round, um, and that's definitely not somewhere I'm looking to get him. But, yeah, if he's fallen to the eighth, ninth. I will say, uh, you know, Corey Davis is somebody I love. He could have been in the mm-hmm. sleeper session. Um, and, uh, yeah, I do agree with that. LaVisca, I don't know, me personally, that's a toss-up. And uh, but, you know, I, I, I agree that uh, – you know, I'm a little worried. I do think, though, however, that 
Daniel Jones's style will be complemented by Galladay if he can be health, healthy on the field. So, uh, you know, Daniel Jones needs a big body receiver that can go up and get it over guys' heads and not not get intercepted. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think it'll be good for Jones if it can work out. But uh, yeah, I think that was uh, I, I do agree with a lot of the points you made. So so I can't disagree too hard. Uh, Micah, your thoughts, and then you can give us your wide receiver bust. Uh, he's just going way too high. Like, there's so many players, like the ones you stated, that are going behind him, which is just stupid. His injury concerns worry me so much. And he's in a new offense. He's only practiced like two days of practice with the Giants. So he hasn't really been able to like have any like rapport with Daniel Jones yet. He's going to be looking at Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton that he has the past couple seasons. So um, I, I agree with Kenny Galladay, and I'm fine with that. So my wide receiver bust, on the other hand, is going to be Mr. DJ Moore. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind him in Dynasty too much because the fact that he's or he's only like 24 years old, and this is going to be like his fourth season in the NFL, but he hasn't ever wowed me, and he's got great attributes and whatnot, but I think that Terrence Marshall is about to come in and by midpoint is going to be the top receiver in that offense. And I think them giving Robbie Anderson the extension shows me that they might be worried about paying DJ Moore a lot of money. Um, plus, of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to be used so much and get so many touches, and I think Chuba um, might actually be like – I don't think he's going to be a flex player or anything like that, but I do think if something happens to McCaffrey once again, he could be viable – but I just don't like where DJ Moore is going. I think he's going at the point where people think he's going to break out, which is his ceiling, which I think is just a little too high for me when there's a lot more like steady players that or receivers that you can get. So I think he's getting like caught up in the young guy that's about to boom when there are plenty of other guys that you can take a set of DJ Moore. Plus, he's going to end up not being the top receiver once Terrace Marshall comes onto the scene. So, DJ Moore is my wide receiver bust. So, I, I I agree with you, but for different reasons. You know, they just signed Robbie Anderson to a really big contract. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and of course, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson played mm-hmm. together yet. So, I'm more worried about Robbie Anderson, especially this year in redraft, than I am Terrace Marshall. I don't think Terrace Marshall is going to be the wide receiver one at all this year, but I do think Robbie Anderson could be. So, um, you know, Robbie Anderson's going several rounds after DJ Moore. And it's not that I hate DJ Moore. I just think they should be a lot closer in ADP. And if I'm going to choose a Carolina Panthers receiver, I'm definitely rather pull the trigger three rounds later on, on Robbie Anderson. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good pick. And I, I, I do like the talent of DJ Moore, but again, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to draft him where he's going. Uh, I found. Nate, anything to say? If not, I will get into my wide receiver bust, and it's one y'all aren't gonna like. No, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> what what, what surprises? All right, now this is a bust because of where he is going, and where I have him ranked is much later than that. And we've already covered this in our rankings and gotten the discussion about this. But this man in an auction draft just went for the same price as Tyreek Hill, and I have to put my foot down. DK Metcalf. You're going to be so wrong. Dude. He's not going to be a top five receiver. I promise you. He's not okay. receiver. I have him ranked at 10. Uh, Micah, this is one of those that we need to write down. Keep sleeping. No, look, Future reference. I'm not saying he's a bust completely. He's not a bad player. What I'm saying is he's, he's being drafted as a top three receiver, top four receiver, and he's oh, not yeah. going to 
top three or four receiver. Uh, he, he's he's going to fall. He's, he's going to be a, a low end wide receiver one at best, in my opinion. And I think that's because the Seahawks are going to throw the ball less. Him and Tyler Lockett are going to alternate who's going to be the big explosive guy. And Gerald Everett is there, who is a much more capable catch uh, pass catching tight end than they've had in recent memory. So, uh, you know, on top of all that, you know, they're going to be feeding and trying to run the wheels out on, on Chris Carson all season. Uh, they're going to be trying to revive the dead career of Rashad Penny. Now, this doesn't mean that DK Metcalf is a bad player, and he's not a bust as a player or a prospect or anything. If you have him in Dynasty, fantastic. Keep him in Dynasty. But he is not going to be a top three, four, or even five receiver this year. And if you draft him as such, he's going to disappoint you. Okay, so, like, I imagine a bust at, at his position, like, not finishing in the top ten for him to bust. So, so is that what you're expecting? ADP right now. Can you, can you, can you look that up? Uh, give me a moment. His ADP is currently wide receiver four. Right. That is where <laughs> I'm, I can't do it. No. It's, so, so not, for me, if I'm drafting somebody, that's a second-round receiver. So if I'm drafting a second round receiver, uh, like he 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 has to he has to come through. For me, there's only three guys in the second round that I'm even thinking about that are that are of the wide receiver position, and he's not one of them. He's somebody I'm thinking about later third round. Uh, honestly, around like like you know, I think he should be going where Robert Woods is going, place place like that. You know, I love Robert Woods. If he was going in that area, that's fine. But for the area where I have to buy him as the second player I'm drafting for the most part, unless you can get him at the turn pick, I have seen him, you know, at the, at the two, three turn, but you know, I just, I, I can't, I gotta get, for me, it's around later. And when you're spending that high of draft capital, it has to hit. And I just don't think it's going to hit. Uh, I think he's at least, I mean, the, the highest I would project him probably would be, uh, you know, maybe wide receiver eight this season, but even still, if I'm drafting the wide receiver eight in the second round, I'm not happy with that. That's a bust to me. So again, he's not a bust as a player, not a bust as a, uh, he's obviously a complete monster and can do things that there's a lot of, a lot of guys in the league can't, but he's not going to be wide receiver four. Well, I think if you missed out on Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams and Calvin Ridley, I'm completely fine with taking DK. And honestly, if you want to take DK before any of them, I don't think that's bad. So, well, I think you take him before Devontae, that's really bad. But uh, mm-hmm. he could finish higher than Devontae. No, I can't. And and Stefan Diggs is another guy I would pick over him. But that's okay. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, that's all of our busts. Hey, real quick before we get into our what we're going to call our top dogs, uh, let's just recap our sleepers and busts real quick. So my three sleepers were Derek Carr. Michelle and Michael Pittman and my bust were Saquon Barkley, Jameis Winston, and DK Metcalf. Well, you haven't talked about Saquon yet. We haven't done our running backs. Yeah. Your running backs. Okay. <laughs> I'll just let them go. Yeah. Uh, and also I haven't given I'll keep it short and sweet on the DK Metcalf. I haven't given my opinion on that, but uh yeah, I I, I disagree. <laughs> we can leave it at that. And also like I, I don't understand this idea that they're going to do nothing but run the ball. Like the offensive coordinator they brought in is Shane Waldron, who was the passing game coordinator for the Rams. Like I, they didn't bring in some guy who's like the run game coordinator. They brought in the passing game coordinator for the Rams. So I'm basing it off of what Pete Carroll said at the end of last season, uh, why they fired, oh, who was a Schottenheimer. And uh, because he, 
he wasn't running the ball enough. Now I'm not, I'm not praising Schottenheimer. What I'm saying is he got fired because he wasn't running the ball. So I think the next guy is going to know he has to, he has to run the ball a little bit more, but I, I digress. That's it. We've talked a lot about DK Metcalf. I did just spoil my RB bust. <laughs> so uh, let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and get into that. And that is uh, going to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are drafting him as high as RB4, RB5. Uh, I think his consensus is around RB7 right now. Um, you know, me, I would take a second round shot on him, uh, but I just, I can't draft him in the first round. He, he cannot be a first round draft pick for me. Um, and, you know, for people drafting him in the middle of the first, it's, it makes me cringe. It really does make me cringe because there's, there just came a report out today. He is, uh, has a strong possibility to play week one. That is not what I want to hear about, about my first round pick. I can't. I need to know uh, that he's going to be playing week one, week two. And look, the strong possibility playing week one means he's not going to be, he's not going to get a full workload. He's going to get eased and he's not going to get, I don't know how many games he's going to get 20 carries this year. I'm really concerned. Like if you were to ask me over under four games, Saquon Barkley gets, gets 20 carries. I, I might bet the under, uh, I, I just don't, I think he has a tremendous talent but I think they have him for the long haul and uh, they're, they're, they're going to be spelling him out. And uh, you know, he's still going to have some, uh, obviously he's going to be catching a lot of passes. He's not going to be a bad running back. If he stays healthy, obviously Uh, he has tremendous upside, but I just do not trust it. And there's too much uncertainty around the giants offense in general. The offensive line is garbage. Uh, I just, uh, I have to stay away from Saquon in the first round. Well, you know, this is not going to happen. Saquon's going to play week one. They want the they want the Broncos to plan to, for Saquon not to be there. So in the last minute, they could throw Saquon. They haven't really super been game planning or to keep them guessing. Coaches do it all the time. They're There's doing always it for week some one. conspiracy theory, Mike. Has got to but no, here's the thing: is episode. that we don't know if Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram, or Kenny Galladay are going to play week one. So I 100% believe that they're going to have Saquon out there just because I think they're going to be missing some other weapons. So their, their availability does not affect Saquon's injury status. All right. Well, like, I think he's fine doesn't. anyway, but regardless, I could see that as another possibility. I just think he's going to play week one. And if he doesn't, I'm still fine with taking him in the first because he's going to have a stellar year and halfway through the season. We're all going to be like, damn, why didn't we take Saquon early? Well, and I'm looking at his ADP now, and his ADP is uh, RB8, which I think is fair. You've got people taking yep. into account the injury, but I understand not taking him in the first round. There's a couple guys below him that I think I would rather have this year, um, but I, I might get into one of those on my top dog segment. Um, yeah. But I, I see your point, uh, Josiah. I think you might be underrating him just like he's going, especially if you're talking about total touches instead of just carries, like he's going to have plenty of games where it's over 20 touches, I would think. So, yeah, you you, you guys, uh, you know, y'all might be right about that. And if he stays healthy, if he, you know, if he's playing in week 15, 16 healthy, then, then you know, I'm sure he will be getting 20 carries by that time. But I'm not sure it's going to happen. And I just don't trust the offensive line or – the offense in general, um, it's it's it just looks too sketchy for me to to take a first round pick. So again, mm-hmm. you know, I know that you know with DK and Saquon, these are guys that are obviously are very good, being drafted very high, and maybe I'm only a round off on them. But in these top rounds, I do feel like 
that matters. You know, if you lose out on those picks, you're, you're, you really have to make up. So I, I do feel like they're, they're worthy in the bus conversation, but uh, moving on and we will let Micah give us his running back. Um, so the running back that I want to talk about is a guy who in the last redraft I did went one spot but above DK Metcalf, which is absolutely absurd. He's going to bust with his ADP. It is David Montgomery. I do not want this guy, dude. I'm pretty confident Matt Nagy's getting fired either before the season ends or after the season. I don't think he's equipped to be a head coach in the NFL. I think that they're going to have to pass more, too, because I don't think the defense is what it used to be. And I actually kind of think they're going to probably end up trading Khalil Mack because there were rumors they tried to do it before the season. I could see them doing it by the deadline to try to get something out of him. Uh, So I think that the Bears are about to be in a weird situation where they're not going to be having a stout defense and running the ball more. And I think they're going to have to be trying to throw throw back in the games, especially when Justin Fields takes over. And I just don't see Nagy being able to also equip that when Tariq Cohen comes back and he gets a lot of the passing work. And honestly, Khalil Herbert. I think he, that he really showed what he can do. And I think he will take some touches away from David Montgomery. So maybe long term, I'm wrong about David Montgomery's talent. And I don't want to drop him that much in Dynasty where I had him, but I didn't have him high anyway. But he's going way too far in redraft. And I would like, I, I could see his season two, three, and four after this going better than this season. I think this is when the Matt Nagy experience explodes. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, for me, it's not somebody that I'm super huge on clamoring to get, but I do like where he's going. Like with a lot of those fourth round running backs, you know, it's like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, he's there, you know, I think he's my favorite of that group, but that's, so I have, I have found myself drafting him in that area, but that being said, I would definitely rather have, I think he's Marby 17 or 18. So there's a lot of guys I'd rather have over him, but I think he'll have the opportunity. I don't think there's tons behind him. And he obviously did show the ability to carry the workload, if nothing else, even if it was against, you know, subpar defenses. Um, So, you know, I'm not quite as low on you, but uh, you know, there are people that are very, very high on him. So I understand you quelling those people. Yeah, it seems like some people have already taken that into account, but I do like the selection, Micah. Um, he's uh, currently RB15 overall in ADP. He's going ahead of some guys like Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, uh, you know, Mike Davis. I would take all those guys ahead of him. So I think he has a bit more competition this year. You've got uh, – yeah, I mean, honestly, Khalil Herbert's looked fantastic, and I think as the season goes on, he's going to vulture some more touches away. And, um, you know, Montgomery had a great end to last year, but it was kind of a run against some worn-down crap defenses at the tail end. So, um, you know, Tariq Cohen coming back definitely is going to hurt his value as well. So, um, yeah, I like your take on that one. Um, yeah, and it's likely the Matt Nagy thing is going to be uh, – uh, a failure after this year has already been a failure, but I will say, I don't think they're trying to get rid of Khalil Mack from what I read. Uh, the Raiders were trying their ass off to trade for Mack and the bears told him to take a hike. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but um, so yeah, you, you kind of took my guy away. Uh, he was one of my busts that I was going to have down, but uh, I'll shift gears and just go, go to the obvious one. And that would be Mr. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's, it's, I've been warning people constantly, but he's still RB14 in ADP. And, you you know, 
this is this is just final warning final warning to people that he's not going to give you that value in return he's not a big play threat the longest play last year was like 31 yards he doesn't have the speed to burn he sucks at the goal line he gets stuffed all the time uh, i think he i think i heard where he was like um uh the uh, what is it? The fantasy footballers podcast where they mentioned he like was one of the worst uh, running backs as far as like fourth down efficient or fourth quarter efficiency. Just when they're trying to put the game away, he struggles heavily because when they know he's going to run the ball, he can't run the ball because he's just not that good. So yeah, uh, Clyde going, he's a fringe RB one in, uh, in 12 team league. So that's just, that doesn't fly with me. So we've, we've said it a million times on this podcast. We've had this argument before. I know Josiah is going to disagree, but that's, that's too high for Clyde. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so, you know, I can't disagree with the ADP. Um, I mean, look, I recognize the, I recognize the, the bust potential. I definitely do. I think you have to take that into account. When you're, I wouldn't want Clyde as my RB1, I can tell you that. And if there, there are RB2s ranked around him that I would be more comfortable drafting if, he, if they were my first one. Now, I do think he's a very high upside number two to have, but you guys would disagree. Um, but, uh, you know, I, we've, we've had that discussion, so we can move on. All right. Uh, you've heard him called my guys. You've heard him called uh rider dies but we are branding them on this podcast henceforth our top dogs top dogs we can get like a drops like top dogs like that dogs. Oh, you just created it <laughs> and, uh, and these are going to be the guys that we are targeting super hard uh that we love where they're going we would maybe take them around earlier if possible um and uh, you know, that it can uh, just guys were trying to come away with as much as possible in drafts. Uh, and we will let Mike open up the conversation and give us his first top dog. Oh man, it just I may have to talk about the others later because there's just one guy and he is the top dog, and he is now the top dog in the backfield of the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson. Like, he, he should be going like at the end of the like second or maybe even mid second. And he's falling down to like the end of third and fourth and possibly the fifth rounds. Um, it's ridiculous. Like he really should be grouped up with like um, the Najee Harris and the, and the Austin Ecklers of the world. And it's kind of stupid that he's going like a round or two after that. And I just think it's absolutely absurd. So James Robinson with not a fluke. He is my guy. I'm probably going to draft him. And you're going to get him as your RB2 almost everywhere. And doing that and being able to establish that like three picks before that, or if you have like a pick at the end of the third at the turn, dude, you're getting like massive value. So James Robinson was the biggest value last year. He's going to be the biggest value this year. And he is the top dog. All right. Yeah. So I don't disagree with anything you said, except likening him to Najee and, and Austin Eckler. That being said, he does is going to have obviously a tremendous opportunity with ETN being gone. He did very well last year. I do think it's going to be a completely different offense. It'll be interesting to see how well he adapts to it. So I do, I do, I don't think it's completely set in stone that it's going to be the exact same, uh, you know, type of performance he had last year. But that being said, he's, he's clearly showed talent. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, fourth round, it'll be interesting to see. We have our, 
you know, our home league that we've been doing for, for several years that, uh, we, we all started playing together. Uh, our draft is this Sunday and, uh, yeah, Micah has a front end pick. So it'll be interesting to see if he, he reaches a little on the third, third rounder, if he's going to see if he falls to the fourth, I'm, I'm excited to see, but anyways, y'all don't care about that. Uh, Nathan, you can respond and then go ahead and give your first top dog. Yeah. I, I like this. Mike and I have been pounding the table for James Robinson for a while, even after ETM was drafted, uh, you know, Micah most of all so yeah good call Micah if someone had listened to you before this injury happened they uh, they got away with a steal and they still might be getting away with the steal with his uh current ADP let me check and see where that is um yeah he's he's RB 18 right now in ADP oh, shut so your whore mouth that's that that may go up but yeah that, that's a steal right there um I think I would still like to have Najee Harris and Austin Eckler above him but I definitely understand the argument there um, for me, my top dog as far as running backs goes, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he is an absolute freak of nature. I, I did a speed score at one point, but it's higher than Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley. Like this guy is a freak athlete that just uh, his highlights are a joy to watch. His low lights are still a joy to watch. I mean, he's an absolute beast. He's going to be behind a good offensive line. They're going to need to run the ball a lot, especially with Carson Wentz at the helm. And I think he's only going to get better in year two. He's currently RB 10 overall getting drafted there. He's getting drafted below, you know, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones. I, I think he should be going higher than that. This guy's an absolute hoss. Uh, you know, his, his ceiling is through the roof. He could end up being the RB one this year. Uh, well, I may say RB two, if McCaffrey stays healthy, he's a hard man to beat, but, um, yeah, I, I, I love what I've seen from Jonathan Taylor. He's going too low and, uh, he he's, he's my guy. He's my top dog, uh, for running backs this year. I know who you're going to be picking at pick number eight. Probably. <laughs> I, I may take Nick Chubb just so I can trade him to you as a Browns fan. Yeah, you might be able to do that. But, um, but yeah, all right. Well, for going running back, this is uh, – I swapped in and out. Um, but I think I, I think I have to go with the bold guy here. I think I have to go with the bolder take. And it is going to be Mr. Joe Mixon. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I – you, madame, are a cream-faced lube. Hey, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, look, I, I'm going to lose eye on this. I know that Joe disappointed a lot of people. Look, he was a he was a back end uh, a back end first round pick last year, and in years past, he's pretty much been there. And he really disappointed a lot of people uh, last year. He's been injured in the past. You know, this is a thing with with, with – there's very, very few running backs that don't have multiple injuries throughout their career, and none of these injuries were, were, were anything that's going to affect his speed or his burst. Uh, he's, he's, he's very, very – one of the most talented backs in the league and one of the most slept-on backs because he plays for the Bengals. But I do think the Bengals are going to have a very potent offense this year. And, look, can you guys name Joe Mixon's backup? They drafted a guy named Jared Dokes, but I don't even know if that's his backup. I mean – Sevens. Chris, they, yeah, Chris Evans, uh, Superman, or, uh, Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah, fucking. Yeah. And the Human Torch. Whoever it is, it's likely that we'll find out real quick, <laughs> given yeah. Joe Mixon's history. <laughs> 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 what, what I'm saying is, 
as long as he is healthy, he's going to have as much, if not more, opportunity than almost any back in the league. And he is a third-round pick right now. People are drafting him in the third round. And, look, I know there's injury, but why are we not fading Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey? These guys had season-ending injuries last year, but we're fading Joe Mixon because he missed a couple of games? Like, what's going on, people? Like, uh, you know, he 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 had a, a almost a 40-point game last year, and he did have a rough start to the season, but I think that had a lot to do with Zach Taylor taking over the offense and Joe Burrow settling in. And, look, of course it's going to be, you know, a high fly, a very a pass-heavy offense. I understand that argument. But he's still going to be on the field, and guess what? He's an incredible pass-catching back, one of the best in the league, and they just paid him a lot of money to play for the next five years for them. So Joe Mixon, I think they believe in him. Uh, I think I believe in that offense to put up points and numbers and give him touchdown situations and give him pass catching opportunity. And for him to be on the field for a very, very heavy chunk of those plays. Uh, So uh, yeah, I just think for the third round value, it's just, it's too much for me to say uh, no to, I would be willing to draft him mid second uh, but, um, yeah, Joe Mixon, I, I really do think he's being slept on by a lot of people in the fantasy community. Uh, I do have to say, um, he didn't miss just a couple games last year. He missed 10 games last year. Uh, he only played in six. So, um, so yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey's one-on-one. So explain. Yeah. But McCaffrey like never been injured before that occurrence. Uh, so yeah. And also like, you know, in fairness to Mixon, he played all, uh, let's see, he played all 16 games in 2019. And in points per game, he still finished below Devontae Freeman and Mark Ingram. Okay. So they, they, they had good players. Mark Ingram had a killer year that year. So, yeah, I mean, I know those names don't matter. Okay. Killer is 14 points a game. So um, he had like 20. 20 2019? Yeah. No, because he finished only like a few points behind Kamara that year, and Kamara was like RB like eight or nine. I'm talking about points per game, I guess. But he played every game the whole season. Yeah, I don't. Oh, know. That's true. Yeah, he he had no, about. I like that consistency and actually being in the game. Those well, hold on, because no, in 2019, Mixon finished uh, RB 11 total. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's fine. That's great. Yeah, because other people got injured like he normally does. So that's his best finish ever is RB11 overall. RB11 in round three every single draft if I can. So, But that's like that's been his ceiling so far, and that's the only year he's been healthy. He he could end up being a top ten guy. He's higher this year. But anyways, we've we've gone down this rabbit hole. Uh, Mark Ingram was killer that year, so it doesn't – He's – yeah, you also finished behind Le'Veon Bell that year. Um. Le'Veon Bell was good. Oh, on the Jets, on the Adam Gase led Jets. Yeah, he was so fantastic. Um, nah, it's like Joe Mixon is the UGA football of running backs. It's it's always next year. Like this is always going to be his year. Uh, I, I can't I can't get behind this one. I'm sorry. In the third round, look, if he was going in the first round, I, I wouldn't do it. But in the third round, Joe Mixon is a beautiful grab for me. Uh, but anyways, moving on uh, to uh, – did we all do our, our running back? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, we did. Cool, cool. Uh, moving on, uh, we'll let uh, Nathan get into uh, – give us a wide receiver. I will give you a wide receiver. I'm going to give you LaVisca Chenault. 
this guy, uh, he's, I, I could have put him as a value guy as well. Cause he's still going way, way too low, given how good he's going to be. I mean, we've seen it in preseason. He's been Trevor Lawrence's favorite target when he's on the field. Uh, I think he is going to be the wide receiver one on this team. They are going to be playing from behind a lot. So expect them to be passing a lot. Uh, I, I really like what uh, the value LaVisca offers here. I don't want to get this wrong, so let me look up his uh, ADP at the moment. Yeah, he's getting drafted as the uh, wide receiver 39 as of right now. Uh, yeah, I going behind people like Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, uh, DJ Chark. I'm taking him above all those guys. So uh, I like the value, and I think he has legit like high end wide receiver two upside for this year. Um, you know, could be even better depending on how how uh, much garbage time passing yards they're going to get. So um, yeah, Lavisca is my guy. I'm drafting him wherever I can. All right. I, I don't mind. I mean, you know, you guys have been trying to sell me on LaVisca all season, and I got to say, they're all off season. I got to say, it's starting to rub off on me. I'm getting a little higher on him. I think I bumped him up to wide receiver 35, so he was at, he was at 39. So he's slowly starting to creep up my, 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 my uh, list here. Um, you know, uh, I think Debo is the only name that you mentioned that, 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 you know, I would give me pause, but uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, a value for where he's being drafted. So I don't blame you. And I bet you stole a guy from Mr. Micah there. Did he not? Oh yeah. No, I had LaVisca completely prepared and now I have yeah. had to go yeah. to my second option. Well, call an audible and let us know who you got. Oh can... yeah. So... Okay. Oh, well, oh yeah. So my guy is going to be oh. Mr. Mike Evans. Top dog. Top dog. Top dog. Yeah. Top dog is Mike Evans, who went to Texas A&M, who they are the Aggies, so he really is a dog. But I think that he's going to be the number one option in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. I think last year he missed out on the whole preseason with Brady, and it took the Bucks a few weeks to get it together. But once they did, we saw how they dominated the NFL, essentially, and won the Super Bowl. So now they've had a full offseason, and I think he's going to be um, – looking getting so many throws from Brady and Brady's going to be looking his way so much and that he's just going to have one of those years where he's not inconsistent. And that's always been like a big thing on him is like, Oh, he'll have a huge weeks. And then some weeks that are off, but guess what? Those huge weeks, he wins you that week. So now I think he's going to have steady, great production. I think that's going to be a humdrum of an offense and he's going to be the main recipient of it. So Mike Evans, he is the top dog in Tampa Bay. And he is the top dog on my wide receiver list. All right. I like that one. You're definitely the high guy on, on Mike Evans, but not, not that me and me and Nathan are low on him. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think he's going typically around round five. Uh, you know, would you be, how, how soon would you be willing to draft him? Like at the turn, the three, four turn, I'd be fine with taking him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's your wide receiver, what, 11, 10, something like that? I don't know, wide receiver 10. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a great call, and we definitely know that you're high on him. You know, he is being slept on, and, you know, I've been – I've actually ended up drafting him several times because he's my wide receiver 13, so right right there. And, you know, there's a lot of guys going before him that, uh, that yeah, I'd, I'd rather have him. So, so yeah, I think that's a good pick there. Uh, I don't think you guys are going to like uh, my wide receiver. Probably either. not, um, and, but listen, there, let me paint you a picture. 
There was a last year who we knew had shown us tremendous elite talent as a wide receiver, but people had given up on him and he was going into seventh round. And you know what? This year that wide receiver is being drafted as the wide receiver three or two in some cases. And that wide receiver is Stefan Diggs. Now that is not my, my guy. Or I'm sorry. That is not my top dog. My top dog is somebody who that exact situation is going to happen to this year. And that is Mr. Odell Beckham. Dude, Odell Beckham. I was so sure that you were going to Jerry Judy with this. Oh, like, I thought you were I, going with Juju. <laughs> I, I, I seriously thought this was – I thought it was Jerry Judy. 100%. Judy. Like, there's a bunch of places we could have gone. Honestly, Jerry Judy is a, would, would have been – But – um, Odell Beckham is my pick because he's going in the seventh. He's going after Judy. He's going after a lot of guys. And look, I know that it's the Browns. They're not going to put it together. Baker's going to implode and they can't connect. And look, they have Kevin Stefanski, who is a good coach, who has fixed the culture of that team. He has made a bunch of, uh, you know, what were selfish superstars a team. And uh, Odell Beckham is the wide receiver one on that team. And Baker Mayfield is in a contract year. And although they're a rush first team, he is going to be, he's going to get, he's going to be pumping up his stats. It's a real thing. He's going to be throwing for as many touchdowns, calling audibles at the five yard line. He's going to be doing it. I promise you. And Odell Beckham is going to be the beneficiary of that. And uh, for where he's going in the seventh round, I mean, if he's my wide receiver too, and I can draft one wide receiver and then wait till the seventh round, like that is such an awesome strategy. And I can just fill out whatever I want to in the meantime. So, I mean, uh, Odell is somebody that I will draft in the seventh round time and time again. And look, there's a risk factor. He might get injured again. Maybe he, maybe him and Baker literally can't throw a pass to one another. I mean, you know, but, but for the seventh round at that point, that's where I'm willing to say, okay, look, let's go. Let's blow this pick out of the water. Let's not go safe. Uh, you know, it's it's okay if it doesn't turn out, but I am quite confident that it will. Odell Beckham, my top dog. I would have liked you so much better if you had gone with Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Insert your whatever storyline you want to build for Diggs, build it. But or for the, for the Diggs comparison, but no, Diggs went in the seventh round last year. I don't – I'm not saying Odell's going to end up being the wide receiver two or three quite, but he I, – I think he will rock it back up into the wide receiver one conversation uh, next year. Absolutely. Um, I would say the difference is Diggs is, one, quite a bit younger, and, two, that was his, like, breakout. That was – well, as far as his experience level. Um, and also, like, that was Diggs' first, like, breakout year was last year. Um, no, he finished as a wide receiver one with Kirk Cousins. Just be, nobody thought of him as no. I'm. Uh, I'll check on that, but like he wasn't anywhere considered in like the top five of receivers. I know he wasn't. That's my point. He and then and like, Odell he, used to be. I could see him jumping back up. Right. Yeah. 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 I I don't see it in this offense. He's been outplayed by Jarvis Landry each of the past two years, I believe. I know last year. I mean. Even, even if you break it down on points per game, he was wide receiver 34 last year. Right. Um, and that's and that's with this new coach who's changed the culture and everything. And, and the culture of that team is to play good defense and play smash mouth, run the football down people's throats. So I just don't see the volume level for him to get 
into that wide receiver one conversation. Um, yeah. No, it's going to happen. I mean, look, the Titans are a run first team, but AJ Brown is a wide receiver one. It's not that if they run, they can't produce fantasy receivers. That's not the case at all. And I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot before it really was just Odell and Jarvis. And there's a lot of depth that they're not going to be able to really key in on one guy. And uh, honestly, I do think that, uh, you know, Jarvis, look, he gets a lot of short targets and it, it, it adds up. But as far as, you know, the downfield target X wide receiver one, that is a hundred percent Odell Beckham. And, uh, and he's, 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 he's got something to prove. He has a chip on his shoulder and I want guys that have a chip on their shoulder and have something to prove um, you know, outside of just the game. So, uh, that, that's my guy. Um, is that, uh, that's all of our wide receivers. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to close out our episode here and talk about our top dog quarterbacks. And, uh, I'm going to let Micah start out and give us his top dog first. So there was this little experience that happened in 2019 where, you got this certain quarterback later on in drafts and he just won you leagues. And it was one of the most blissful, beautiful experiences ever. And he's going to come back with that once again. And I want everyone who can experience on this joy and this pure euphoria that is Lamar Jackson. Um, if you're, if you're in a super flex, my God, having him as your top quarterback is just absolutely incredible. But if you're in one quarterback leagues, like, oh, my God, like his value is going to be so ridiculously good. He's going to help you win weeks. I think J.K. being out now actually helps with him getting more rushing touchdowns and just them throwing the ball more. So, and I just think that offense is going to be better and hum along like it did in 2019, and they're going to throw some new things at people. And honestly, who knows, J.K. getting hurt could have been the best thing. It makes them open up the playbook now that he's gone. So, I've said it before, Lamar's going to win MVP this year, and he's just going to be the quarterback one. And he's just my guy. He's the top dog. He's the one that's going to lead you to the promised land, everybody. So if you're a super flex, don't let him get out the um, first round and definitely the second. If you're a one quarterback, um, I think honestly third round, um, fourth would be absolute lowest. Um, I, I want Lamar everywhere I can get him. He's going to literally be the top dog of the NFL after winning MVP and a Super Bowl ring too what is going to be an illustrious career. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think he's, he's a lot of people's, you know, top dog, or, I mean, I would say a lot of people haven't met necessarily QB one, but, uh, or is, do you have, no, you haven't met two after Mahomes, right? But. Oh, and redraft, I haven't won. Well, okay. 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 Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bold call. And yeah, it totally makes sense that he's your top dog in that case. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, give mine here. You're going to call me a homer. but Odell Beckham pick already confirmed that. So, <laughs> But Matt Ryan is going too late in drafts. And he is so easy to grab. He's going after – I mean, look, I like these guys, but he's going after Tannehill. Uh, he's going after Hurts. He's uh, going after Trevor Lawrence. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones just went in an auction draft for more than him. What is going on, people? Like, y'all think that Julio's gone and now this man just can't throw the football? Like, he time and time and time again has been one of the best passers in the NFL. And last season, admittedly, was was a little bit pedestrian for him. Um, but, you know, 
Uh, Julio Jones was out all year, but the difference is it was just Calvin Ridley. Now we got Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage, who I think is going to grow and, 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 and uh, take over a role that he wasn't ready for last year. And, uh, you know, Mike Davis can catch the ball. Cordell Patterson can catch the ball. There's, there's a lot more around him than last season when it was pretty much just Calvin Ridley and the shell of Todd Gurley. And, um, that was our offense. And we, we saw how bad we were as a result of that, but, I, just Matt Ryan, whether we win or lose as Falcons, he's going to put up passing touchdowns and passing yardage. And especially after a lot of this rushing upside goes, guys go, which I do, I can see the argument for Hurts above him for that reason. But for me, I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to those pocket passers, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, Outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are the only two pocket passers I think I would rather have than Matt Ryan. And 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 uh, but no, he's going. He's being left for dead in some drafts I'm in, and it's unacceptable. He's a quarterback one for me. He's my quarterback eleven. And uh, what's his ADP uh, right now? Uh, if you don't mind looking that yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a QB fourteen. And you're right. He's going behind like Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is ridiculous. Right. No. And I, you know, I know that it's fun to get the young flashy guys and all this, but Matt Ryan has missed one game in his entire NFL career and he's as dependable as they come. And I really do think, uh, and again, uh, I think the theme of my guys or my top dogs is uh, they all have a chip on their shoulder. They're all going to have something to prove and they all want to return to glory and Joe Mixon, Odell Beckham and Matt Ryan. That is the theme of my top dogs, and that is why I'm picking them at their draft price. So, Matt Ryan, bring him to me, and uh, I'll, I will take – I've taken him in a lot of drafts, and you can get him as a quarterback too, and I think he is the epitome of what I wanted a quarterback too, as long as I have a high upside quarterback one. Yeah. Um, I, I love this pick. I don't think you're being a homer at all. He is being undervalued, and, you know – you you know the debate uh, between a lot of people when they're choosing guys to draft is like do I get a guy that has a safe floor or a high ceiling which do I he offers both like he offers you a very very safe floor but he's also put together an MVP season where he ended up as the QB2 overall in the year so he offers you both so getting him as your QB2 is uh, is absolutely wonderful so I uh, love that selection just uh Michael what do you think Oh, well, Arthur Smith is just the best coach that's ever existed in all the land, so he's going to make <laughs> Matt Ryan become what John Elway was at the end of his career. And Overrated? When, um, no, win him <laughs> Super Bowls, but he's going to actually be statistically better. But um, I'm ready for Matt Ryan to have a huge season this year, and he should be going like closer to a 10 than he is 14. Yeah. I just want to be clear. We're not going to win a Super Bowl. That is not what I'm saying with this. <laughs> All right. Uh, how are we going to win a Super Bowl when Lamar is winning MVP in the Super Bowl? No, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. I'm talking about 2022. Uh, okay. When Matt Ryan and Trey Young stand across the top of the sports world. I see. I see. Okay. Um, all right. My, uh, sorry, Nathan, uh, close us out here and give us your quarterback top. I, I'm struggling here between two guys. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with my QB one, which is Matt Stafford. Uh, I, I, this guy, I'm grabbing him wherever I can. I think he's in, I, I don't think I know he's in the best 
situation he's ever been in as a quarterback in the NFL. He's got a lot of talent around him, a bevy of receivers, a good offensive line. Uh, you know, he, the running game is probably not going to be able to be relied upon as much now with the Cam Akers injury. So I think they're going to have to pass even more with him at the helm. So I, I, I love his value still. He's, you know, people, people have been valuing him more this year, but he's still ADP at uh, QB 10 overall. And I, I think if he, you know, has a great season um, and stays healthy is the main thing. I think he could end up in, you know, the top five or six conversation for sure. Um, the guy I was debating with would be Mac Jones. Uh, he's been my guy for a while now, and I think he uh, is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And thank God the 49ers didn't get him. I'd be nervous as a Rams fan, but no need to be nervous no more. So, uh, yeah, Mac Jones, he, he's uh, another one of my guys there. All right, so uh, to close out the episode, uh, I started to do this earlier, uh, but then I realized I fucked up, so let's try this one more time. Let's all recap our sleepers, bust, and top dogs. Micah, start it out. So for sleepers, I have Jared Goff, Kenyon Drake, and Hollywood Brown. For my bust, I have Tua Tagovailoa, David Montgomery, and Mr. DJ Moore. And then on my top dogs, it is Lamar Jackson, James Robinson, and the always consistent thousand-yard man, Mike Evans. Uh, yeah, for me, my sleepers were Antonio Brown, uh, also mentioned Mac Jones, but uh, transitioned to Zach Wilson because he actually has a lower ADP. Um, didn't mention tight ends at all, but Dan Arnold is my sleeper tight end. Uh, he's, he's going undrafted uh, by quite a lot. And then uh, I honestly forget who my receiver was. I didn't write it down. So you'll have to go back and listen and let me know. Your quarterback was... Zach Wilson. I know that. First sleeper. Your running back was... Oh, Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Kenny Gainwell for sure on running back. Um, Bust, uh, Kenny Galladay. Another Kenny, but not nearly as good. Uh, I, I don't like his ADP at all. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is my running back there. Uh, Joe Burrow being the quarterback who's not going to live up to his ADP. And uh, just to throw in tight ends, since we didn't talk about them, uh, Logan Thomas would be my bust for tight ends. I, you know, He's kind of a one-hit wonder. He's an older guy. I don't think he's going to replicate what he did last year, especially with more uh, receivers in, in the mix for Washington. People said the same thing about Darren Waller. Uh, Dar- Darren Waller had never played like a full 16 games before the year he broke out. So let's not do a false equivalency. Um, and then uh, for, for my guys, I had LaVisca Chenault as my wide receiver, uh, Matt Stafford, my quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor would be my running back. Uh, also Kenny Gainwell, but you know, we already covered him. And then Kyle Pitts is my tight end. I that's, that's my guy. I love him. Um, drafting him wherever I can. All right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, for my sleepers, I had Derek Carr, Sonny Michelle, and Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I did have to write down the uh, tight ends. We decided to cut them for time's sake, but Austin Hooper would have been my sleeper tight end. Um, my bust uh, were Saquon Barkley, Jameis Winston, and DK Metcalf. Some spicy taste there that these guys did not like. But I just realized every one of your bust is terrible. Like, terrible selections. I love them. I think they're great. Uh, 
And uh, my bust actually was Logan Thomas, so for tight end, so, mm. so gonna be there. And for my top dogs, I had Odell Beckham, Joe Mixon, and Matt Ryan. So, um, so yeah. And uh, if I would add a tight end, I would have said Robert Tunyon. If you mixed out on the first six tight ends, just wait until you get Tunyon. Um, all right, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. It's a bit long, a little bit longer than we expected on this episode, but that's all right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. And uh, as always, uh, we are very excited, just as I'm sure as you are, for for football and for fantasy to actually start and not, us not just be speculating, but to be talking about real stats. Let's go. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of prediction season. I'm ready for stat season. So it's it's time to watch some football. So hope y'all join us for the entire season. Are you ready for some football? Your no, cat jumped when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. For Nathan and Micah, this is Josiah signing out. Fantasy Dogs. Say peace. <laughs>